electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Solid futures to start a holiday-shortened week thanks to constructive China trade headlines. Uh, some $60 billion in formally announced M&A involving Schwab, TD, Tiffany, Novartis, and more. Europe is steady. 10-year 178 Powell does make some remarks later on tonight. Our roadmap begins with Mega Deal Monday. Uh, LVMH confirming a deal to acquire the iconic jewelry brand Tiffany for $16.2 billion. Plus Charles Schwab is buying Ameritrade. It's a $26 billion all-stock deal. It will combine the companies, the two biggest publicly traded discount brokers would have more than $5 trillion in client assets. And eBay set to sell off StubHub in an all-cash deal for nearly $4 billion. David's got details on that. Let's start, though, with this historic deal in luxury goods. LVMH will acquire Tiffany for $16.2 billion in cash. Deal's worth $135 a share. Two companies expect to complete that deal by mid-2020. And, David, I assume you can fill us in on what we, what, what's going to happen to the brand, synergies, and all of that. You know, uh, listen, I mean, it's a, an important transaction for LVMH, which has tried twice before, is my understanding, and, and not been able to get there, had done it privately. Uh, from a M&A strategic point of view, this went about as well as sort of it had been, could have been hoped for from both sides. You had you know, seasoned advisors on both sides who I think guys thought they would get to a deal, even though you started at 120, ended at 135. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, not bad in terms of an additional premium. But something certainly that you can imagine that Bernard Arnault, uh, the man who's created LVMH, is happy to live with. There had been an expectation initially that this company wanted uh, its all-time high, which would have been about five bucks higher. You knew that LVMH was not going to come hostile, but there was always the possibility that another shareholder, Jim, could come into these shares if Tiffany had said no. The entire board is up, the nominating window opening soon, and tried to push for them to get back to the table. So you had that sort of out there. Um, LVMH has wanted this asset for a long time. You have been sort of closer to, I think, the strategic rationale for it in terms of what it gives them. Right. Well, when you're out of Dreamforce, which is Salesforce's extravaganza, you uh, periodically, Mark Benioff, the CEO, co-CEO and founder, will talk about an account that is doing unbelievable things in terms of making it so that touch is individualized and using all the great CRM tools, customer relation management. This year's was LVMH. It was how they have been able to get in touch with the wealthiest and keep track with them. Uh, last year, by the way, was Lamborghini. So the, the, what, what uh, Mark has been talking about to me is that when you want to have gigantic purchases, you need to have much better touch, personalized, high-grade touch, based on uh, what, what Mark would say is truth. But what but, but, but really means is that you can't buy a high-priced good the way you used to. You need to be sold it. You need to have great interaction. Those of us who bought a lot of Tiffany are always amazed that when we go to Tiffany, they never heard of us. When you go into anything that's LVMH, you walk in, they know everything about you. 
They know everything you just bought, what you like, what your wife likes. This thing is going to be just unbelievable with, with LVMH. By the way, the numbers are horrendous, Tiffany. In terms of year over year, I mean, 40% of the business is U.S. It's been awful. Uh, mainland China is 1.2. The only business that's any good is 4% is the Republic of Korea. They have really, really done a terrible job overseas. Terrible. So yeah. this is just a and, remarkably and good purchase to be able to blow out overseas. There was a continued question as to how weak the second half of this year uh, would be oh, for Tiffany and whether, in fact, they obviously, well, they knew that going into right. these and dealing with these negotiations. It took a little while for them to get to the table. They right. talked about talking for a while. Finally, 130 got them in, and then five bucks more well, got the deal done. It's smart. I mean, Tiffany's been so lame. At one point, they blamed the Secret Service in the area around the Trump Tower. I mean, they're almost out of excuses. I mean, the one thing they haven't blamed that considerably is the weather, which is something they probably could have done this quarter because it's been unseasonable. So you think that they're doing their shareholders a good service by selling at one thirty? Oh, oh, my God, it's a victory. You do think yeah, so? Yeah, I think it's true. No, we did have a CEO who was trying very hard, and they did that one introduction of the flowers. Right. I bought a lot of those. Each time I bought them, uh, it was like, hi. One time I went to the store, it was one minute left before they closed. I was banging on the door, right? And it was like, here, let me throw my wallet at you. I've got, I've got $1,000. No, talk to the hand. I, I, I got to talk to the hand from a salesperson when I'm trying to get into Tiffany to give him money. The only time that's ever happened is when I'm up at the Apple store, where I said, I've got 1000 I've got 1000 You got 1000 going once, 1000 going twice. Sold to somebody else who got the 11. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, that may change. The culture may change, perhaps. It is. A, it is a bet uh, to a large degree on, on international tourism. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Hey, look, they, this company knows how to touch you. I don't want people understand. Like when I went to the Lamborghini factory, they, they said this one is for this guy. This one's for that one. This one's for this guy. All CRM, all Salesforce. So Bernard Arnault was on display. He wasn't there. I mean, the main thing was that. Mark was featuring over and over again that LVMH, when they buy a company, and they bought a number of companies. Yes, they have. They suddenly upgrade what is the most important thing in the world for rich people is to be acknowledged that they're rich. It's like, hey, how are you doing? I know exactly what you bought for your wife. Versus when you're going, it's like, have you ever been to Tiffany? Well, you can check my name. Well, how do we do that? Well, you look good. How about the receipts? I mean, it, it boils your blood. Bernard Arnault, he'd be like, how's Lisa? Right. How's Lisa doing? Have you bought her this yet? I mean, that, that's the way they work. You know, you haven't been by in three months. Are we okay? That's all customer yeah. relations management. Sure. You need that if you're spending it. Shelling out 10 Gs, you want to be known. Well, always important to point out, obvious though it is, if you're a Tiffany holder, you're getting cash here. You're not getting any opportunity to participate in the upside of the combined company. Very different than, for example, Schwab and Ameritrade, right. where it's all stock. And obviously, TD, for its part, yes. is going to be a significant holder in is the company. Is that a segue into it? As well. No, actually, I thought we'd segue into StubHub because it's a new. Because I was so wrong about M&A the value deal. of it. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I give you a pass on that. I don't I mean, you're, know. You were such Something a good guy. took over your brain that day. In yeah, terms it was. Steve Martin. I had two um, but the, the price is $4.05 billion that they get for StubHub. Remember, it was March 1st that eBay first told us they were going to commence a strategic review of the classifieds business as well. That is uh, continuing. You're not going to hear anything this year no. about what may or may not happen there. But we've got a deal for StubHub. The price, as I said, $4.05 billion in cash via GoGo. In fact, interestingly, via GoGo's founder and CEO co-founded StubHub while in business school, left the business, which was then sold to eBay in th- in. 2007 for 310 million bucks. So they bought it for 310 million dollars in 2007. They sell it now in 2019 for 4.05 billion. 
If you want to do the math at home, that's a compounded annual growth rate of about 17% on that money they put down. For that, not bad. Not at all. Not bad. Uh, it's about 25 times EBITDA, I'm told, by Scott Schenkel. He's the... Um, the interim CEO of eBay. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and he tells me, I spoke to him very briefly moments ago. Uh, he tells me it's uh, about a 25 times current EBITDA multiple, which is pretty darn good. What are they going to do with the proceeds, of course? You will be taxed here. You're, there's a, it's a taxable sale. Uh, nonetheless, it's going to be significant proceeds for the company. He wouldn't give me a specifics other than to say their capital allocation plan has, of course, conti- uh, included buybacks, dividend, and investing through M&A in the key business David, you're selling off of the all the companies with growth. You're left with a company that I think is bereft of growth. What do we do? That's a good question. Right? What Maybe do we do? Maybe you use some of the proceeds and... What, to accelerate? Well, a, they're focused on trying to reinvigorate the platform. You know that. Well, they Have never... they been successful? David no. Wenig, no longer with no. the company, former CEO. Shopify is, has passed them. Uh, I could argue they should merge with Etsy, but Etsy would never sell. But they've been left behind. You know, we do, we've done a series of very tough pieces on real, real. Uh, authenticated, which our uh, terrific investigative group says may not be authenticated. Yes. But that is secondhand. Uh, these guys have secondhand blues. Secondhand blues. Secondhand blues. Secondhand blues. Secondhand blues. Familiar? It's growing a tiny bit, isn't it? Oh, David. David, PayPal had all the growth. PayPal had enormous amount of growth. By the way, the remember, growth. they're changing the payment platform on the on, uh, their payments mechanism on yeah. the platform, uh, which they believe will help. Yeah, uh, and, sure. And he said to me they also do. They're in the middle of that. Advertising also, they see, is another right. area where That's they can vertical. generate. That's yeah. a vertical. It is a vertical. People call things out, the west, out west. Vertical. What's your go-to-market strategy? Why? I said, because I asked, what's your go-to-market strategy to me? I said, it's that uh, bacon and eggs, and then I'm going to go to one go market. To market. My go-to-market is to go to one kids, market. The kids need milk. That's yeah, I mean, what strategy. is the go-to-market well, strategy? David, you're not scaling today. I'm not scaling. No. no you don't, don't have the ability to scale. I, by the way, I know. And you know who would, that would disappoint. John Malone. John Malone. He's all about that scale. That interview. All he about assassinated scale. Viacom. you got to have global claimed, scale. They have the great international business. He assassinated I, them. I don't have scale. What an uh, interview. Eric I'm Baker, still, by I'm the way. I'm still going over the interview because he made about 40 different points. He did. David, they ran I, it on, I, I what was it, on a YouTube station here? I don't know. I re-listened to it. I re-listened. I listened to it again. And then I weekend. watched the transcript. Yeah. Did I you? read the transcript. Oh, yeah. It was very powerful. It was good. No, it was. Um, the, the Eric Baker savaged half the companies there are in the universe. He was Eric Baker, Viagogo CEO, going to join us in the 10 o'clock today. Really? How'd so you talking. get him? I, I, don't, I had nothing to do with it. Oh, because I was going to try to book him. All right. Take that off the table. Yeah. Of course, we finally got Schwab uh, TD Ameritrade. That all-stock deal valued at about $26 billion, as our Becky Quick reported last week. Both say the combination is projected to serve 24 million brokerage accounts, more than $5 trillion in client assets, and a pretty granular look at what they're going to do with real estate and uh, wow. branding and, of course, management teams. Wow. Had to happen. Uh, I don't think I was with some people in the brokerage business last week. They all keep saying the same thing. How it's almost like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. Who are those guys, Schwab? They earned, turned out to be. It turned out to be asset gathering is number one. No doubt. I heard people talk about J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Schwab. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, but Isn't the numbers amazing? start to get pretty darn big. Five trillion. It's real money. Five trillion. Yes. Real money. Um, Powerhouse. Now there are those who believe that they actually the the that. 
that fateful day where they cut commissions to zero was done in part to extract maximum pain on Ameritrade and force them to say, there, we've got to figure out something in terms of consolidation. Whether or not that's true, I certainly look, had I, the effect of bringing Ameritrade to the negotiating table. Remember, again, it's an all-stock deal, so you can make right. the argument that the synergies, and that's what we're learning here. We've been talking Buy about it. this potential deal right. for days now, but uh, expected to be 10 to 15% accretive to GAP EPS, 15 to 20% accretive to operating cash EPS in year three. Right. Post-close. I mean, they got a lot of work to do, though, yeah, between but now he, and then, including dealing with antitrust, which is not necessarily going to be. Well, I hope Robin Hood's in the picture when the antitrust department, because Robin Hood has $600 million. David, Robin Hood, SoftBank forgot to lose money with them. Robin Hood is an incredible company. When you meet with millennials, I mean, they want to talk, they literally want to talk about Robin Hood and why they like the stock market. Why? Because of Robin Hood. Robinhood had an incredible dash to it. We still don't even have the exact because of private. People say four million accounts. I think it's much more than that. But what matters is, is that they're backed by venture capital. And when I go out to, to uh, and it's really important you go out there, venture capitalists, what do they say? The more money we lose, the more money we make. It's a novel approach. I mean, typically, the more money you lose, the more money you lose. No, Robinhood disrupted this industry in a way that no one thought could happen. Right, but you've made the point. They may have disrupted it, but not necessarily with the ultimate goal of being a truly profitable company. No. They, so can they continue to disrupt it, or are they going to run out of money? They can gather assets. They have too much money. They have $600 million. And they have, an, they have an incredible go-to market strategy that does scale. They have scale. They have scale. They will scale. Go-to However, are scale. they going to continue to... Lose money on every new account? David, if you can scale, it doesn't matter how much you lose. Got it. Also, words that I heard. I mean, what, where, how, where is Robinhood on their advisory services, their research? Isn't that going to be their edge now at Overage Schwab? I think that their edge is uh, that they're cool. I mean, talk about this with Anthony Noto. And now, this is not being facetious because SoFi has a lot of things to do. SoFi's come into its own. And the fact they got the naming rights for the Los Angeles oh, yeah. Chargers, I mean, they're spending a lot of money. But SoFi and Robinhood somehow have been able to introduce, like, you know, robo, you know, kind of excitement. Now, when you're a young person, uh, you've got to have fractional securities. These guys have that. And that's because the, the, Am- the Amazons of the world have made it so uh, individuals can't own. Right. So you get a fraction by a dollar's worth. People are buying dollars worth of Amazon out there. Right. But as those clients age into more money and more responsibility, they're going to want a little more service, right? I think that's true. But these are people who uniquely don't want to get rich. They want to have enough money to be able to do what they do. And that's a different uh, attitude toward life. I'm impressed by the disruption of Robinhood. I think Robinhood caused this. I do not think that Ameritrade... Uh, Schwab has been a fairly impressive company, as you said, throughout. I remember when its market cap passed out of Merrill Lynch many years ago. Obviously, you can't make that comparison any longer. Three different people. Goldman has to buy E-Trade. Yeah, I've heard that, too. You heard it, too? Yeah. Just a hack. Goldman or uh, Morgan Stanley. Don't don't you think that some of our hack competitors will go out with that and then you'll have to refute it? I don't know. I have no idea if that's true They never have to say they're sorry. You imagine more consolidation is needed. What do you do if you're E-Trade? I mean, what do you what do you do? I don't know. Thank God I'm not at E-Trade. Right. I don't have to worry. Yeah. You don't? No. You're I'm here. not worried at all. You're scaled. You've already scaled. I'm more worried about the Eagles than about you E-Trade. Ha- well, you should be. Thank you've you. got scale. Thanks for my- nothing. 
When we come back, a big setback for Uber across the Atlantic as London refuses to renew their operating license. That's obviously weighing on the stock this morning. Roger Federer is going to join us today. More major titles than any man in tennis history looking to capitalize on a new investment. He'll tell us about that. Got upgrades of NVIDIA, Wendy's, Deckers, Hasbro, Lyft. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. As we said earlier, Uber shares are down on the pre-market. London's Transit Authority says it will not renew the company's license to operate in that city, citing several breaches that placed passengers and their safety at risk. Uber is vowing to appeal that decision. Just hours ago, Dara Khosrowshahi tweeted, We understand we're held to a high bar, as we should be, but this TFL decision is just wrong. Over the last two years, we have fundamentally changed how we operate in London. We've come very far, and we will keep going for the millions of drivers and riders who rely on us. About 45,000 drivers, top five market. Uh, SunTrust thinks it's maybe 5% of global rides. Look, anyone who's used them in London knows it's kind of the, it's very inexpensive versus the rest, uh, versus the traditional kind of guild. That's a guild over there for taxi drivers, and they're really busting it. So it's a little different from here in New York or from other cities where uh, the incumbents didn't have a lot of favor of the customers. doesn't matter. It does. Uh, every time this stock seems to be gaining the slightest bit of momentum, there seemed to be at least some positive sense uh, in the analyst community yeah. that they had sort of turned a corner a bit. I mean, with the stock down as much as it was, it just something else happens. Very good point. Uh, and here we are again. I mean, this is one of the most significant markets they have, without a doubt. Um, worth noting, Travis Kalanick sold so much stock. Do you know Recently. people love this startup? Billion and a half dollars worth of stock. I think he still owns another, what, 40 million or so he shares. Can fund but startup. He sold basically half the stock uh, in, in a very short amount of time. Yeah, 45, a little less than 45 million shares is what he has left. Um, people are saying not a big a, vote of confidence. People are saying it's a kinder, gentler Travis. He's back in favor out there. He can call me. Well, there had been this whole story yeah. of maybe Travis will one day do a well, pull of Steve Jobs, you know. Well, I mean, Travis, and or, I think he's changed from the day that he met me after speaking with my wife and said, I am so much richer than you are, which I regard as kind of a That's your favorite moment. Travis story. Well, it was, but to me, it's kind of a, it is kind of jarring when yeah. someone just comes up to you and say, hi, I am much richer than you. It's a, it's I, a, show, I, it's a showstopper. I it's didn't not know him then. I that's not Dale Carnegie. I only met him after he sort of yeah. had become a little more humble. No, I got the full board, Travis. Gotten the, I was thinking I was the there anti, that night. The, the anti-Dale Carnegie, man. But what do, you do, what do you do with Uber stock? I think you buy Lyft. No, I actually think that Uber's coming close to a level. I want to talk with them because Uber Freight has done unbelievable things. Uh, Uber is here to stay. Let's just say it's here to stay. So there is some value to try to figure out what value. Uh, it's got the soft bank discount. You know, that matters. Uh, Nelson Chai last week saying uh, they'll get out of each markets where they're not position number one or number two. Well, then maybe they get. Does that mean what are they going to do with, with Uber Eats, which is what matters so much? I mean, DoorDash is playing with, uh, you know, funny money. 
at the gaining share. Um, oh, boy, the, only ones, the only one's gaining share. DoorDash gains share by just suddenly becoming your provider I, without you knowing it. I can't. You know, listen, last thought here. What? I, I, very hard. You know, I'm not sure you want to get into a situation like this if you're an activist, but let's just remember. Oh, come on. No controlling shareholder. David. Nothing at all. You could immediately go in there and say, shut them down. The oh, my God. David knows money. something. He never does this idly, even during Thanksgiving week. No. You're they, not idle. I'm just saying they're aware of it. They got to be thinking about it. I don't know if they're you're an activist. You want to really West. take a shot. It's pretty. It's a pretty. So what, you bring situation. it up to shut it down? Just bringing it up. Yeah, the Jets could make the up. playoffs. But, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Don't tell that to my son. He's got them going nine and seven. Three in a row. He gets very excited. Arnold, mono man, doing much better. Yes, thank you for the heads up there. No problem. Yeah, you guys are five and six. We're going to catch you soon. There's no need to mention my team. It was really this unfair. And I had hominem attack on me, and I don't. I deserve better. We're going to get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell this morning. Take one more look here at the pre-market. Squawk of the Streets back in a moment. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Holiday shortened week, obviously. Markets closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving and early close on Friday, but a lot of news to start the week. M&A among it, uh, opening bell in just about five minutes. It is big. All right, we got uh, two minutes before we get to the opening bell. We're going to squeeze in a mad dash. We talked about a lot of, M- a lot of the M&A that was announced yes. late yesterday. Today, we missed one that was announced yesterday. The medicines company acquired by Novartis, 85 bucks a share in cash. That's $9.7 billion. They have a key cholesterol drug, Jim. People will uh, think that Voss, Nair Simmons, was a visionary by this. Why? Because medicines company's anti-cholesterol drug which rivals uh, the Amgen drug and rivals uh, the drug that uh, Regeneron has, is maybe arguably superior. Why? Because you only get injected twice a year. I take the, uh, the, I take the drug from Regeneron. Mm-hmm. It's twice a month. Comes to you at the house. Who the hell knows? You go to pick it up at doctor. Pick it up at CVS, Walgreens. No, this is twice a year administered by a doctor, and it gets the cholesterol to a level. The new rules will come out soon, and you will see that the Heart Association is going to say that you can't lower cholesterol enough. And this has got it. Bass is a genius for buying this, even though the stock was already up 250 percent. Uh, what is interesting as well is this was already in the marketplace, that being that medicines company was conceivably going to be acquired by Novartis or, or another company. So the stock had already moved up. This was right. a premium on top of that. You can see where it's going to open today. Uh, 85 bucks a share in cash. Alex Denner, by the way, chairman of the company, activist investor, Sarissa, will be my guest. 
in the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to talk to him, of course, about this deal well, and others. It. He's also a Biogen, a long-time you know, Biogen director. This is a huge market. Right now, the current ones, the injectable, very expensive. Some say 14000 a year. This comes in. This will be such a bargain. But most of your time. And nobody likes to administer the shot. I got news for you. You don't want to. There's the opening bell and the S&P 500, the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. It is Penny Mac Mortgage Investment Trust celebrating its 10th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ. The Singapore Exchange doing the honors. Uh, Jim, it's M&A is one big pot boiling today. The other, of course, trade headlines, uh, reports over the weekend that China is outlining some new IP protections. Global yeah. Times says we're, quote, very close. What the hell are they talking about? Who are they talking to? They talking to Steve McNuchin? It's a tabloid run by the Communist well, Party. Well, look, I got a tabloid that they, they want a tabloid. We got the New York Post here. I, I, I am just, I'm embarrassed by this stuff. I mean, at the White House, they're saying, look, now it's got to be $50 billion in soybean. Now, John Deere's up because they report on Wednesday, but there's a belief that the Chinese are going to come through. They don't want intellectual, look, intellectual property, uh, they're so far apart on uh, but I really believe, I mean, talking this weekend, I got the sense that uh, there's got to be more to it than just a leaked story about intellectual property, especially with, with, with Hong Kong, of which, by the way, subtly now sweeping, sleeping, it's in the discussion. It's, it's, it, it is a seeping discussion that Hong Kong kind of was a referendum against Xi. Right. The president thinks he's got all the cards. He also would love to deflect it from some of the things that have been going on. Sure. Washington. Uh, Hong Kong, of course, just to get on the record, uh, big win on these district council elections. Uh, they win 85% of the seats that were up for grabs. Turnout 70%, Incredible. which puts to shame uh, U.S. participation yes, rate in does. elections. Yes, it yeah, does. Well, this is pretty, imagine 70% if we had those kinds of turnout rates in the United States. Well, that's a democracy. Excuse oh, yeah, me? We're democracy. I think if there weren't gerrymandering, you would actually still be might see more, but we haven't hit much more than 50% in a long time. No, no. But maybe maybe Mayor Bloomberg will change that. Well, local elections, we do 20. So, uh, 20? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New York City, we elect everybody here. It's like 7,000 people vote out of a city of 8 million. I'm exaggerating a bit, but not that much. That'll the, the Democratic primary. I mean, AOC got elected with 17,000 people in the primary. What, what do you think about Mayor Bloomberg? What he's going to do? I think he's going to pay every single person in America. Like he, you know. Dead people want a lot? No, I mean... No, he's no, gonna, you know, won't give you a cash. No, he's going to write a check. My prediction: I think he can write a billion-dollar check to the people that Ben O'Dor, the CEO of Clorox, say, determine your thinking. Facebook, Alphabet. Facebook's the winner here. Remember, Twitter's taking no political ads. Right. Facebook is still Wait. taking those ads. Right. And so maybe uh, Zuckerberg was uh, smarter than the average bear. And there is, uh, and Bloomberg's going to spend a lot of money. Already spending what over thirty million 30 bucks million. right away. Well, which CBS this morning said is the, is the equivalent of the average American family spending thirty nine dollars. Thirty nine dollars, thirty four million for him. Thirty nine dollars, yes. That's what it, with his fifty right, billion right. dollar fortune. He would look good in the Saturday Night Live. Hey, I, uh, Michael Bloomberg was, in my opinion, a very effective mayor of our great city. I think city. That a lot of us would agree with that. But David, that's not the point. It's going to be fascinating. Do you think, though, the market, uh, to the degree he siphons off any support from uh, Warren, the market can breathe Huge. a little easier? Absolutely. I really. think it's going to help them at the uh, managed care stocks again. 
I think that those have been... But why would he siphon off... Or, I mean, wouldn't it be Biden that he hurts? Wouldn't it be the moderates as opposed to the far well, left? Well, I just think that a lot of people feel that anything that draws a Senator Warren to the center in order to be able to stop... To the center. Have you listened to her lately? Well, um, she was on Saturday Live. Oh, no, that wasn't her, but boy, it's... They have her down. Kate McKinnon's got it. Yeah. Kate yeah, McKinnon's extraordinary. Wonderful. Is she wonderful. Is she running? Uh, Jim, you mentioned the political ads. Uh, Jack Dorsey this morning uh, retweeting an Elon Musk comment that the Cybertruck orders have come in with no advertising and no paid endorsement. Of course, we know how critical Twitter has been to right. Musk's success. Right. you got to put 100, what, 100 bucks down to be in line. Refundable $100, yes. Yeah, so that's a real statement if you want it, right? I put down three hundred dollars to get the model three. Yeah, I gave you've been it. combative with users on Twitter well, lately. I just what, said that I'm using forty a price tag of four four thousand two forty four thousand two hundred. Look, the people I was in the Tesla this weekend, okay, and they pressed the fart button. You're allowed to use that word on TV, okay? Uh, and it was know. the Gold Wing Tesla, and mm-hmm. I just said, "That's it, that's it. I'm a bull on Tesla. I've decided that it, my life on Twitter is easier. <laughs> I don't want to defend them, okay? I don't want to defend against them. So they want." All right. First time anyone just say, I'm defeated on Twitter. I'm using a $52,000 price tag. David, 63000 and you're done. I just, just wish say this it. guy had a better arm. I really, it just kills me to watch that wind up. Yeah? Yeah. It, no, no, no. People are telling me that that was effective, that suddenly everyone's focused on it, that it was a it PR worked. stunt. It, well, right. Musk did say Friday afternoon that they, they threw... Uh, objects at the window prior, right. and nothing happened. That's what, yeah, they were seeing. Now, people like the, the early, design. Uh, the early they they like the design because there's, there's no accounting for taste, or is it they like the Aztec? I think that initially, didn't Brian Cranston drive that in uh, Breaking Bad? Remember you had the Aztec? What do you think? I, I don't know. Video. I don't know. I'm not their chosen market here, I don't yeah, think. Chosen market for anything. That's true. For anything. Anything. Nothing. Well, by the way, we're both out of the demo, so. Speak for yourself. Wow. You're more out of it than I am. Well, I have kids. My global scale friend. Drive. I have kids that can drive. So I'm going to um, buying the demo. You know what? Let's go back to M&A because it's, it's a powerful driver of sentiment in this market. Haven't you heard? I, I think you're right. Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So let's see how things are performing because I am curious. Uh, the all-stock deal, Ameritrade Schwab. Yes. Yeah, uh, we saw the reaction last week. Very positive. They came back a bit as it sort of settled in around what we thought might be a $26 billion deal. It's 1.0837 shares of Schwab for each share of Ameritrade. Can we take a look at how they're performing this morning? Three and a half to four billion in total estimated synergies. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Thank you, go. guys. Primarily derived, they say, from expense savings. Uh, and there you see Schwab down a bit, but Ameritrade is up. Um, you're going to have TD owning 18% of the combined company, the remainder of the... Um, uh, uh, shareholders, sorry, it would be 31% over. TD will own, will own 13%, which because mm-hmm. they own 43% right now, and the other existing shareholders own 18% of the combined company. So they'll be able to participate, obviously, in any upside that is created. It's going to be a giant. We know that. Um, Tiffany, LVMH, maybe 135, a bit of a, not a surprise, but at least there had been, remember, this stock was 123 not very long ago, uh, Tiffany. So it is also up. Thank you, guys. Well done. You see, up over 5% yeah. on that 135. What are they talking about? When are they getting that deal done? Second, mm-hmm. half, uh, second half of the year. Any trust is you know, going to potentially be a bit of, a, of an issue on Ameritrade. And so 
Uh, we'll see how long it takes for them to get that deal done. We mentioned the medicines company, the large premium there, 85, even though the market already knew Novartis was showing up uh, with what conceivably was going to be a fairly significant deal. Nonetheless, it surprises uh, investors. And so that stock is also up sharply. And we've also talked about eBay and StubHub. Haven't taken a look at eBay shares to see if they're benefiting from that four billion dollar deal to sell the StubHub asset. But how about the fact that so many of the acquirer stocks are going up? That just bodes very well for the Always. remainder of the year? Or is this it? No, I think we might, you know, I'm, people seem to be working towards sure at do. least a couple more announcements before the end of the year. Anything big in banking you're hearing? Because I'm here. No. I'm here. Can we talk after? Offline. Give me a little bit of sense of what you're talking about. Jim, we haven't gotten to the slew of upgrades. Uh, NVIDIA is one of them, of course. I think this is important. I spoke spoke with Jensen uh, Wong last week. He's doing the simulations for putting a man on the moon. Uh, What, 25,000 miles a minute? You've got to break that thing. Moon or Mars? Mars, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're going to Mars. Yeah, Mars. They're going to Mars, and he's doing the simulation work. Why? Because he has has chips that can actually put it together. Uh, A lot of people talking about his voice, uh, artificial intelligence chips, uh, there also is a gaming chip that's very good. I think that Lisa Sue from AMG is talking about tremendous gaming chips, by the way, to get a two for here. Intel, the big loser. Uh, Intel having so much trouble making chips. But I, look, NVIDIA, I think the, the piece is about how they, they fell behind in gaming. That's no longer the case. They fell behind in the data center. That's no longer the case. They're well ahead in machine learning. Uh, voice was a continual theme out in Dreamforce. Uh, anybody who's got good uh, voice is able to leapfrog, and NVIDIA's chips are best in voice, and understand idiom, and that's something that's so important. Think about it. Think about how much idiom you use in a given day versus how straight you talk. Mm. You know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. You know, like how, I'll, let's say I said to David, you know, <laughs> so it's some booking. Well, it knows that I'm being sarcastic, and his bookings are better than mine. The regular chips are just saying, well, that is some booking, meaning, well, David's awful. Right. right. So, believe it or not, people are that? buzzing about his chips. They love him. They can detect you know that, sarcasm? You know, yes, detect, yes, his chips detect sarcasm, and they also do shadow in, uh, in gaming. That's how you know. His, he, and by the way, can I just tell you that Jensen developed it? This, the idea that you have shadow, foreshadow and face, you know, kind of like Cezanne meets, because he loves modern art, but he also has great respect for the, uh, the realists. This man talks art. He talks architecture. When you go out there to people... There's Jensen Wong, and then there's everybody else. It is they, He is revered. Also, like him personally, because he doesn't take himself too seriously. Mm. Has a wine bar, wine and beer bar at his place. Nice. Says people want to go work till 12, 12 o'clock at night. You should be able to have a beer. Um, Oxy Petroleum, up oh. 1%. Carl Icahn apparently may try and go after the entire board. Sold to you. I know. Uh, by the way, anybody who's hoping somehow that Chevron would come back for Oxy, you know, that's sort of because now the stock is down 42%. I didn't even hear that. Not what I'm hearing. You float Not what I'm hearing. No. Discipline, baby. Mike Worth. Discipline. Mike, Mike Worth got discipline. Imagine you take out a whole customer there and pull out. Better, uh, huh? You were just talking about new tech. Let's talk a bit about old tech, HP versus Xerox. Yo, it's I'm all nasty. over this, man. It's getting nasty. Uh, HP sends a letter yesterday. Uh, back to Xerox after their letter. Yeah. I a mean, lot of letters. You know, where are we headed here? It looks like we're headed most likely to a proxy fight. Remember, the window doesn't open for a little while. And then probably to the annual meeting. It's going to be April till we figure this thing out. The entire board is up. But let me focus on a couple of things that HP focused on in its return of serve to uh, Xerox. 
after it said, sure, we'll get due diligence on you, but yeah. we're not going to we give you great tennis player due diligence on us. Great Federer, player. amazing. Federer, you asked him about that. Um, they got a little specific in their letter at the end of it. Uh, we are concerned about the decline in customer total contract value and excessive revenue declines, which suggests your revenues may decline even faster in future years. They note that total contract value of enterprise signings in 18 was down 13.9% in constant currency. They note the churn was 18%. Both data points, they say, which Xerox has stopped providing publicly since the end of last year. They go on to say their review of synergies, by the way, based on public information and the limited information you've shared, doesn't support achievable synergies of the scale you suggest. They go on to say it appears their assumptions include significant savings that are already included. So they're sort of saying, hey, yeah, you're basically not showing us any synergy as a result right. of the transaction, but simply the cost saves that you guys have outlined added up with the cost saves that we've outlined and put together. Jim, they come back sharply. Uh, and also speaking to people uh, involved in the transaction on the HP side, their point is simply this price is weak. It's not even close. They still question the financing. A letter from Citi, usually financing gets done. Citi is a pretty reputable bank, but it is still a, a, a commitment letter at this point. Uh, this is a real fight now. Okay, so my, my side out there, my work says this, yeah. which is that HP's got a plan, uh, Enrico Laura's. Uh, more importantly, uh, Xerox stock might go down, and then HP could buy them at a better price. So HP stocks advance once you get past the hiccup of Intel chips. The Intel chips are a real hiccup. Uh, everyone's talking about how bad Intel is, but uh, Intel could hurt HP this quarter. Right. Uh, and then, but Xerox, they generally believe, I think, that Xerox doesn't really have a lot of momentum. Xerox stock could fall, and then it would be a good deal. HP is interesting, but not now. They may be interested at a price, as yes, you might expect. This, there are synergies, however, they really do question a lot, and it's the first time we've gotten any granularity at all in terms of their overall concerns. But you Remember, the they board. did talk in August and September, right. and HP says, yeah, we talked and we wanted more information, and instead of giving it to us, you guys walked away. Xerox right. disputes that completely uh, and says they gave them plenty of information. It's just bureaucracy that HP that prevents them from actually doing anything. Is the reason We're why just H getting started here is in this one. Is the reason why HP is so convivial and collegial about this? Well, they're not anymore. They're not well, anymore. Okay, about, as yeah. of last week. They were. But yes, they were. Okay, that's, fair that's, enough. That's why this that's is worth fair. noting. No, Their right. tone has changed. Well, I think that they are now saying openly they're discrediting Xerox. Yes. As a serious, not, a, not by the way as an acquirer, but as a company. I mean, they're really talking about, if you look at the long-term value of some of their contracts, they're going away. Yep. And uh, HP's got this new strategy about uh, being a subscriber to Inc., which could eliminate the ink problems. They are cutting out all those employees. Uh, but again, HP's got to get the chips. Everyone is threatened by the big chips, except uh, shortage of chips at Intel, except for Lisa Sue. It's clear in your aggressive words and actions that Xerox is intent on forcing a potential combination on opportunistic terms and without providing adequate information. Well, they're turning up the heat. Okay. All right. Turn the heat up. Turn the heat up. Last thing we had was a downgraded Netflix, Jim. Uh, oh. after a weekend in which uh, there was a Bloomberg piece citing uh, internal data over at Netflix that said no uptick in churn post-Disney. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that piece. But I did feel when I read the, you know, this whole notion, this is a sell. This is a hold to sell by Wells uh, that 
the, they're really just talking about how much money again. I mean, that's the continual theme about how much money. Losing $2 per sub uh, per, on cash on 158 million subs. I mean, so once again, kind of a private, com- private company masquerading as a public company, so really they can lose that money. Uh, you know what? I, I think that there's room for everybody. I thought that this downgrade didn't have anything really new. Yeah. Their line is, if content is king, then cash is queen. Their, their free cash flow projections way below yeah. the street for people, the next few years. People continue to think that Apple is much more in the driver's seat when it comes to the, uh, their offering. The oh, entertainment offering. really? Yeah. And by the way, in the driver's seat when it comes to the credit card. I thought Malone had an interesting point in our interview, not to come back to it again, but just that they have that optionality. They can see. They can I sort of move watch, along, I think we'll watch move up interview, as it goes, and if it's not looking yeah. like it, David, we got to go, traction. but I think that they watch you. Yeah, so it was interesting. Maybe think about it differently. Thirty-one twenty-five. Let's get to Seema Modi. Seema, actually, you know, we're going to go to Rick Santelli in Chicago. Hey, Rick. Ah, there you are. Thanks, Carl. Look at a two-day of tens. We're down just a bit. The entire curve is down a basis point or so. But maybe the big issue as you look at these month-to-day charts is we get ready to close out the second to the last month of 2019. You can see that yields really have slipped. Now, 10-year yields there, or if you switch to boon yields, aren't at the lows of the month. But they're certainly close considering that the first two days of the month is when we established the lowest yields. And if we look at the dollar index, it's up a little bit today. And over the last week, you can see it's climbed. And towards the end of last week, it popped above 98 even. And that really is a victory. Because if you open the chart up to the September 1st, what you'll notice is throughout September, we had that kind of uh, sawtooth formation, very unusual, right around 98 and a half area. If we start to jump above that, we're going to be revisiting some of the best prices of the year in the dollar index. And we all know whether it's multinational corporations or the White House, they're not all that enamored anymore with a strong dollar. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right. Now, thank you, Rick. Let's Now let's get to Seema Modi, see what's moving on the floor. Seema. Good morning, Carl. We've been repeating all-time highs in recent weeks, including last week with the Dow uh, crossing above 28,000 for the first time ever. This week, the concern or the topic will, of course, be those trade negotiations that continue. Uh, we have the Dow currently trading at 27,973, but a pronounced move in global markets. Europe is on track for its biggest one-day gain in three weeks. Asia is higher, too, on reports that China may be ready to address intellectual property, which has been an ongoing sticking point in the U.S.-China trade dispute. One company that has been directly tied to these trade negotiations and agriculture is John Deere. That company set to report results on Wednesday after cutting its guidance last quarter, uh, reducing production, saying that farmers were delaying purchases because of the uncertainty around these discussions. The stock really hasn't done a lot over the past one month. Yes, year-to-date up 17%, but only up about 1% in the past one month versus the industrial sector, which is up over 4%. As for broader markets, Thanksgiving week has traditionally been positive for the market, with the S&P averaging a gain of 0.6%. But keep an eye on the retail sector. Uh, Really rough week for a lot of these big retail names. Kohl's falling more than 20%. Macy's down down almost 9%. And Home Depot, which has been a big winner this year, slumping 8%. In fact, some of these department stores are now mid-cap companies since losing a sizable chunk of their market caps this year. So we'll see if they can get any help from the holiday shopping season with Black Friday. 
just around the corner. Guys, back to you. All right, Seema, thanks for that. When we come back, uh, eBay selling StubHub to Viagogo, $4 billion in cash. The CEO of Viagogo is going to join us at 10 a.m. Eastern right here on Squawk on the Street. Dow up 102, all sectors in the green. We're back in a minute. Let's do a 20-year chart of the comp here, up 151%. New record high today as uh, lots of things working in the bulls' favor. We're going to get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Time for Jim and stop trading. Boy, this Bristol Myers is interesting. You also get this uh, these contingent rights, CVR, BMY, uh, Dash, OR, which is uh, three drugs in Celgene. A lot of people don't believe are worth anything but they could be worth big. Uh, Bristol-Myers, I think the combination of Bristol-Myers and Celgene is brilliant. Uh, Celgene's got to throw off a lot of cash. Uh, uh, Dr. Kafario is doing a remarkable job. This is going to be one of the most important stocks for 2020. And that's why I have Dr. Kafario won this evening. Talk about the contingent rights, too. Also, Manny Chirico, uh, PBH. This is important because how well is apparel really doing? We're all over the map in apparel. Uh, it's not quite clear. And then David... Remember Ellen Coleman from the DuPont days? Sure do. She and Josie Small. Carbon. What is carbon? You'll find out if you watch. Oh. That's a little tease. Well done. All right. Well done. Ellen Coleman. Back. Ellen Coleman. Really? Tufts graduate. Hmm? Tufts graduate. graduate? I didn't know that. I would have Okay, that changes. Nothing but softballs coming. There you go. (laughs) Didn't know that. Yeah. So tell me how bright you are. How do you do it? How do you do it? Do you never get old. No. no. Never. You never. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.